Hey, it's L.A. Lloyd. Today is the fifth time for Dorothy to co-host The Rock 30. Uh, last time you were on the show was 2018. Uh, wow. I mean, it's... <laughs> it's been a few years. <laughs> the little thing called COVID there. But uh, uh, before the show tonight here in Austin, uh, I had a chance to see you out in Vegas, uh, do a little showcase out there. And, um, you know, I wanted to talk about that a little bit before we get into the album today, because, you know, sometimes these conventions can be... Or, a little jaded, if you will. But the the thing that I admired about what you did out there and what I think a lot of other artists should do is just get out there and, and shake hands a little bit and just mingle with, you know, the programmers. Because in this format, the active rock format, if you will, it keeps getting smaller and smaller. So we're like this little family. So I think from an artist standpoint, it, it seems to be a good way to network. Did you find it uh, a good thing for you? Yeah, yeah, it was aw- it was awesome. Um, I didn't know what to expect going in. You know, we're on a golf course at like four in the afternoon and the sun's still out, but we're going to play a rock and roll show for these people. And I was right. just like, okay. Yeah. Um, but it was great. I mean, everyone was so friendly. I, I, I walked in and everyone said hi and it, yeah, shaking hands. It was great. And I love that we are like a little family. You know, yeah. I think that's really important in, in our genre. Well, I have to say, you know, it was the middle of the afternoon, but you did make quite the uh, the entrance because everybody so. <laughs> kind of turned their heads when you walked in. I mean, you were I think you it was were the, full on. It was the vinyl pants. It was at good. four in the afternoon in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> but it's you know, a little crazy, but <laughs> it was good. I liked it, man. Uh, well, like I said, since we've uh, you know last been together to do an interview it was 2018. Obviously, a little thing called COVID came along and you know kind of shut the world down. So. In these last two to three years, I mean, obviously it, it gave you time to reflect and write, but uh, mm-hmm. from a personal standpoint, as, as we all kind of went through a, a tough time, how did uh, how did you deal with it? You know, um, it was an interesting time. I, I did a lot of writing. I got together with people who were willing to go in the studio and make a record, and I pretty much made this album throughout that time. Um, I did end up in rehab in 2020 in Nashville, um, which was actually a really great experience. And, and it didn't, you know, I, I had a slip and I, it, it's something that is, has been an ongoing struggle, but I realized like a lot of people because of the lockdowns, there's a lot of fallout. There's a lot of like um, collateral damage, if you will, you know, people uh, relapsing or overdosing um, suicides went up and that for some reason I'm at a loss as to why the media will won't really talk about it, you know, um, and why it's not okay to ask questions about it. And, um, so I was, you know, cause our church had one suicide and my pastor said, absolutely not. We're not shutting down. And he kept the doors open because people were so lost. They didn't know what to do. So I thought it was very brave of him. Um, they were safe about it. You know, um, everyone I think dealt with it differently. And I, it was a time where I really turned to music and really dove in. I stayed in a hotel in Brooklyn for a month and worked with Joel Hamilton at Studio G. Elliot Larango and Sam Colton came out and made some music with us. And um, Zach Jones played played drums. And this was like the beginning stages of recording gifts from the Holy Ghost. It was great. I was walking around Brooklyn eating all the dim sum and good <laughs> coffee. And um, it was so surreal. But um, I just continued down the path of making a record because I knew that eventually we would come out of this. And then once we did, people would want music. They'd want to go to concerts again. And so here we are 
on tour. Thank God. Full and circle. It's, it's a beautiful day today here um, in Austin where we're doing this. Well, you've told the story numerous times about, uh, you know, your guitar tech who OD'd and, you know, you had a prayer and he came back to life. And I guess you kind of took that as a divine intervention. Um, you know, kind of a two part question. Were you a very spiritual person before this actually happened? And um, witnessing that, how did that kind of really change your life or your your path, if you will, if it did at all? Uh, yeah, I was always like looking for the answer or seeking the bigger picture. I always, I don't know what that seed was planted in me at a young age or what, but, um, uh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, being in recovery, they say you have to believe in a higher power. And a lot of people who are atheists really struggle with that. Um, and so the group conscience, the, the group of people that have recovered is a higher power than just you trying to do it yourself. So that, that is, that is one way of looking at it. I, um, I definitely believe in God. And when I had this experience, you know, um, I had this experience that was seemingly really miraculous. And the craziest part was the night before it happened, I was like struggling with believing in a higher power. And I said, okay, well, if you can hear me and you're out there, please reveal yourself. And then the next day for this to happen, there's, I don't believe that that's a coincidence. It changed me forever. And, um, after that, I, I just, it removed all doubt and I don't care what anyone says. They weren't in my body experiencing it, you know? Um, and I believe that I was shown that to, to pass this message along and tell the story because we, we, you know, encourage others through our experience and through our testimonies. And when something like that happens, you can't just be quiet about it. It's amazing. There was no fear. It was, it was amazing. I know the guy was dead and I, this voice inside in my spirit told me to pray for him. And I did. And, um, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with your higher power. It's not about Christian, Catholic, Jewish. No, it's not about religion. It was like, there is a intelligence that loves us and doesn't want you to die of a drug overdose on my tour bus. And he was given another, another chance. And it's just, I'm going to tear up thinking about it because it was so powerful, you know, um, I'm still trying to get my crap together. <laughs> That's a great story. I appreciate you sharing that with us today. So in depth. Um, previously, you've uh, co-written a lot of your songs. But for this album, you said that uh, you took a couple of songs from other writers that were already yes. finished because you said they were, you know, so powerful. If Incredible. You will. So dry your eyes a little bit and uh, <laughs> maybe talk about that. About yeah. these songs. Yes. Yeah. So Audra May is an incredible songwriter based out of Nashville. We did our um, our bridge track, What's Coming to Me, into Gifts from the Holy Ghost. She wrote that. Um, and I tried my very best to match her vocal ability. She's an incredible singer. So much soul uh, and, and, and grit and passion in her voice. So she wrote What's Coming to Me. She wrote the ballad on Gifts from the Holy Ghost called uh, Close to Me Always that she wrote for a friend whose father had passed away. And it's a bittersweet song about losing someone. But you know they're on the other side and you're like, you'll be close to me always. It's just a beautiful beautiful song that Chris Lord Algae produced and um, was heavily involved in in the making of this record, which I'm really honored. And then the other song, which is our single right now, Rest in Peace, was written by Scott Stevens and the Four Horsemen. And I mean, he just, he was like, I wrote this for you. And I'm like, well, you took the words right out of my mouth because I, those are things I would say. <laughs> and it was uh, perfect timing. It was really perfect timing for all these pieces to fall into place. 
and the video for uh, rest in peace I, I just you know the chain metaphors just hanging there i mean it just goes with the song so perfectly so. oh yeah i just have the gr- i don't know how i got the uh, dream team here but everyone from my tour manager to my band to everybody on the bus and everyone in the creative uh you know courtney our photographer and nick peterson who directed Rest in Peace and Linda Strawberry, who uh, directed the What's Coming to Me video and does all our editing. I mean, I just feel very blessed and not stressed for the most part. Well, uh, this was uh, something I didn't have planned to uh, to talk about, but it's it's the number one news story. It's on everyone's phone today about Taylor Hawkins passing away. Yes, and, I just heard about that. Um, do you have anything you'd like to say? I mean, obviously, he's one of the sweetest guys. I mean, he and Dave, you know, are two peas in a pod, as they say. But yeah, uh, an incredibly I, I can't talented. imagine. Yeah, I mean. Well, yes, um, you know, my heart and prayers go out to his family in this time. And I hope that they are comforted and um, they it's going to be a grieving process and that they get through it smoothly. Um, there's really nothing you can say to make anyone feel better. It's just a a grieving process that they have to go through, but I will be praying for his family and friends and, um, just appreciating, you know, one of our great rock musicians that has given us so much music and hope and, uh, entertainment and things to look, look up to as a, as an artist looking up to that band and to him. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of tour dates ahead of you. Um, and, how many days can you go or, you know, when you're planning out your tour, how many days you try to go, you know, before you actually take a day off and, and while you're out here, you know, what do you do to kind of take, take care of the voice? Because you go from, especially in a city like Austin where the allergens are just through the roof. Oh, and thanks wind for is reminding blowing. me. <laughs> and I mean, how do you kind of do it? Because you, you get different atmospheres in every town. Yeah. You know what I say? I, I've been saying this, that no matter what position you're in, in the music industry, you should come on tour for a week because you'll cry. Uh, you, I've seen grown men cry. You have no idea the traveling and how, how brutal it can be. But, um, you know, I, I try to take care of myself and eat well and sleep as much as I need to. And, you know, if you need to take a Claritin, you, you got to take a Claritin and drink a ton of water and warm up and try to stay positive. I think how many days can we go? I mean, we have like three on and then one off, two on and then one off. It's it's broken up. So on days off, I kind of, I just listen to my body. Right. I can either go to the gym or I can just rest. It just yeah. depends how I'm feeling. Well, you've kind of touched a little bit about, you know, giving up alcohol and then uh, breaking from that a bit in 2020. But, you know, out here on the road, that to me seems like where it would really be the toughest to, you know, battle with an you would think or so. something like that. But you, is it not? Not for me. Um, you would think so. Um, but there's so much going on and it's kind of like very scheduled and regimented. Where I get into trouble is, you know, at the end of a tour when you're exhausted and you go home and, and you come down off that high or you're in a triggering place like Las Vegas or like, you know, um, just so, somewhere like New York, like where it's everywhere and the city never sleeps that can be that can be tough or just you know it just depends who you're around but um at the end of the day like alcoholics drink because they're alcoholic you know and if you know that about yourself good I'm glad I know it and I'm on this journey because I used to not think I had a problem at all and I didn't realize that I didn't drink normally I get a craving for more and that's not normal like a normal person can have a glass of wine and put it down. And then for some reason it just turns a switch on in my brain where it's time to go 
rage. Yeah, have more <laughs> for sure. Um, well, you've added a new guitarist uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Devin Pangle. And one thing that I, I didn't know much about him, uh, but I his his LinkedIn popped up first. He has a LinkedIn. He has a LinkedIn. <laughs> and so, Hi, Devin Pangle on your LinkedIn. It says skilled in musical theater. That was kind of his oh, top Oh, wow. Thing. I didn't know this. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to give him crap. So, we got to call Devin Pangle up. Yeah. So how long have you known him and where did you guys he's not with us um at the moment but he did the breaking benjamin tour with us um nick perry parted ways uh, for a solo project and devin came on board and you know i'm a huge credence clearwater revival fan i love john fogarty's voice he's a huge vocal influence and my friend you know elliot goes hey yeah devin plays in fogarty's band Uh, he can do the tour i'm like what that's great so the whole time i'm just grilling him about john fogarty (laughs) (laughs) basically fangirling like yeah yeah i love that guy's voice so much well that's very cool the uh first time i met you was april of 2016 so about six years ago so i was looking back you know i think i was playing raise hell maybe get up during that time uh we will talk a little bit more about rest in peace but this kind of goes back you know to something we mentioned earlier when you were networking a little bit at this convention but when you're out on the road i mean do you do you still try to you know hit up radio station guys because again you know it's it's a small amount of people that at least is controlling the terrestrial side and even for the digital side too i mean as an artist, I guess it, it seems like you've you've got a better relationship now than than you did when I first met you. I can't. We're definitely much more involved in radio now. I mean, I, what can I say? I have a great team. You know, the guys at CO Five and um, Rock Nation and Tenth Street, like all great. It's just all around really solid. And I don't, you know, reach out to them personally. I would, but um, they do it and they set up those those things for us. And it's yeah. you know, if they'll have us, I, I appreciate the support. And radio has been really supportive this this album cycle. Yeah, I think this is, um, I don't know, it seems like they've embraced this single quicker than any of your previous work. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know why I love all your music, but this one seems to have that connection with radio programmers more uh, faster, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe things are just clicking or or just takes what it takes, you know? Yeah, it's a great song. Thank you. Uh, Thanks to Scott, you know? Yeah, for sure. Another thing that uh, I admire about you uh, during your live shows is, you know, instead of just kind of, you know, hitting song, 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 you'll kind of take a, a little bit of a pause and, and talk with the audience a little bit. Maybe that's to catch your breath. But the thing that I love about <laughs> that is, you know, even though you're talking to hundreds, thousands of people um, as a fan and someone who's interviewed you, I still feel like I'm kind of getting this this one-on-one, you know, that you're talking directly to me. And when you can have that ability as a, as a person on stage, I think that's a good quality to have, you know? Oh, yeah, the bantering. It's <laughs> it's fun. I try to be witty and funny and sometimes, but when it bombs, it bombs yeah. badly. <laughs> it's bad. I'm not a comedian. Um, you know who's really good at that is Dolly Parton. Yes, so absolutely. I, I'm trying to steal some of her onstage swag. Yeah. We had um, Jack from uh, Dead Poet Society, and he said, you know, they were out and having a lot of technical difficulties. He was trying to bullshit his way while they were fixing stuff. (laughs) And he used to be an Uber driver while he was going to school as a musician. And he talked about picking up this sex worker who this story goes literally on for like five or 10 minutes. And he's like, finally, it was like. I just realized I just bombed out there like a bad comedian. He's like, we just went into the next song. So it's not the easiest thing. We just have to do that. <laughs> bantering, yeah. as you said, but you do yeah. well. at it. Some, Sometimes you're on and sometimes you're off. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about rest in peace. Uh, I, what I heard, this was one of the, the final song near the end that actually got added to the record or was it? Yeah. 
it came at the at the last minute. Yeah, it's great Thank how God. that works out, right? Yeah. So, anything else you can tell us about this track? Oh man, so you know it reads like a breakup song. Yeah, uh, and which is really cool. But but for me, um, you know the way I'm performing it and expressing it that it's me telling my demons that they can no longer they 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 can no longer have access to me. They they're not allowed to have any authority over my life. Right. Like whatever that looks like, you know, that can be different for anyone. They can interpret it however they want, like, oh, mental illness or anxiety or depression or Mm -hmm. an eating disorder or um, addiction, you know, that's, it's different for everyone. And it could be a breakup song too. It could be about a a breakup that you had, someone that treated you badly. Um, You can't hang your chains on me, you know? And what's crazy is that song came at such a weird time in my life where I was going through really stuff I haven't actually talked about publicly um, where so I was assaulted by someone uh, last March, last March, violently assaulted um, by an ex-boyfriend. And I haven't talked about it, but I did that song like it happened right after, which is crazy. Um, But I think everything happens for a reason. I know that's difficult for some people when it's something really ugly that happens. Um, But I had to learn how to forgive I had to learn how to forgive something so ugly and horrible that um, would I change it? I don't know. I don't know. It's like a loaded, loaded situation to talk about, you know, but what I did is I learned how to forgive something really horrible. And I don't know. I don't know much, but I do know that it did make me stronger. Yeah, it's a powerful song. I mean, when I first uh, heard it, I kind of took it as the breakup thing and then uh, seeing a few interviews that you talked about. And, and even today, I, I could just kind of visualize you, uh, you know, burying the bottle. You know, I mean, to me, it kind of seemed like you're six feet deep. You don't have your chains anymore. So, yeah, it can be interpreted a lot of way, but a great song. Um, you know, you've always wanted to be a singer from every time we've talked about. But you, as you said, you've had to deal with a lot of bullshit all the way up to the present. I mean, what to, what's kind of kept you going to keep pursuing that dream? Because in this day and age... It's hard being out here, being a musician, even if you just look at things at paying $6 a gallon for fuel on a tour bus. I mean, what what keeps the drive going? Love, because I feel like someone's got to do it, and I'm very passionate about it. I don't have a plan B or a fallback plan, because I feel like if I did, I would fall back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really genuinely love writing songs, and I feel like, you know, um, I need to, I need, I need the hope and inspiration that music provides. And so does everyone else. Um, and I'm not trying to be self-important. It's just really great to be part of the process because there's so many people involved in making music and then going out and performing it. Like, I, yes, I'm the front woman of the band and the singer and you hear my voice on the radio, but there's you, right? And then there's the bus driver that's driving our bus who I don't know how the guy does it and sleeps all day, right? Drives all, right. all night. It's there's so many components to bringing people music. And I think all of it is just more than worth it because I remember going to concerts as a teenager and buying CDs from lose records and, you know, hearing music and feeling excited about life and like having limitless opportunities, endless opportunities. What, you know, it just, 
it made me feel alive. Yeah. And that's just something I want to give back to yeah. people. Yeah. And you definitely do it well. Uh, final question is, uh, we have, uh, the opportunity to play another track from, uh, from the album besides the singles. So, uh, if you want to do an artist pick. Oh yeah. Well, why don't we do Black Sheep? Because that's also a Scott Stevens and Four Horsemen track. And yeah. Zach Malloy, Blair Daly and Marty Fredrickson. Awesome. Awesome writing camp. Um, and Black Sheep, we just put it out. It's for the fans. It's for the rock community. I would like to dedicate it to, to Taylor and uh-huh. his family. And, um, you know, thank you for giving so much to the rock and roll community. So this song is about that. And I think it's perfect. That's a good pick. That's a great way to close it out. Well, thank you, Dorothy, for being on The Rock 30, uh, the album Gifts from the Holy Ghost. Uh, get it. Uh, it's going to be amazing to see you out on the on the road and live in person. And it's actually great doing an interview in person because, you know, I mean, I did a year and a half all Zoom. Right. You know, and, and I like the Zoom thing. Don't get me wrong. It's convenient. It's convenient. But it's, <laughs> but it's more fun to get up and get off my ass and get out of bed and come here at one o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and see you on a beautiful day in Austin. So well, it's nice to see you again. Thank you.